Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Ahoy, Bucks fans! Welcome to a new episode of your favorite podcast. That is Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. It's probably your favorite time of the week because it's our favorite time of the week. It's when we dive into what's going down on Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, there's been so much going on from the boys club wrestling it up on Sunday versus the Saints to headlines and lawsuits or lack thereof throughout the week. And, you know, there's so much to dive into. But aside from that, quick shout out to everybody who has followed and subscribed to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, followed our new socials at Jolly Rogers TDS. And as a special gift to you guys, me and Kaylee's gift to you all was finding one of the coolest if not one of the Hall of Famers of the Bucks staff. But now she's part of Fox Sports NFC North. It is Carmen Vitale joining us here on Jolly Rogers and Touchdown. So first and foremost, Carmen, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Kaylee, as always, it's always a pleasure co-hosting with you. How are both of you doing on this lovely Doing wonderful after that introduction. Good God. I, was, I didn't know where I was like, oh, is there a giveaway? Like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. They're like, no, the gift to you is like having me on. Like, okay, great. Uh, you're sorry, the gift. Guys, I appreciate it. I think you're a my gift. My presence you're is a present. <laughs> How was An it actual pleasure. Down to uh, good old Tampa, Florida. Uh, yeah, I, I, there was one flight I could take that got me in, in time for practice and everything. And that was at five twenty-five <laughs> in the morning. So the girl got up at like three forty-five, I think, uh, Chicago time. So it's a little bit later here, but I think I was like DMing Casey at that time. And she I know, was DMing was back though also. Talking. I was like, why is she awake right now still? Um, but yeah, no, I made it in well in time and, uh, got to see practice today um got to talk to Tom Brady got to talk to some of my 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 coaches the Bucks coaches I love very dearly and I can't stop saying mine and our and us but I'll break the habit one of these days now that I'm covering NFC oh my gosh as soon as you walked on the field though like where'd you go first where'd your curiosity pull you did you check in for (laughs) Packers stuff or did you go straight over to the Bucks that's where I would struggle and that's yeah I yeah, they so like I mean, getting out here, I'm like I'm trying to stay on Twitter and trying to stay up on like Packers stuff and all the rest of the stuff that's going on in the NFC North, with three other teams. Um, and then I'm, but I'm you know now out at practice and I'm I, like honestly though like the media is kind of confined, you know how it is like into one yeah. tent, so not a lot of people saw me, which <laughs> kept my distraction at bay because if like yeah if I see them and they see I'm like all right, but I totally forgot about open locker room and how that's a thing again, and I was so excited so. That was that was the fun part was uh, more so than practice was getting to go into open locker room and see some of the guys. Yes. Um, and then again, I was trying to I, I took a kind of a detour with Tom. I think I might have stumped him a little bit with my question. He didn't exactly <laughs> answer it. But what else is new? Did he really um, never I answer got, anything, though. <laughs> I know. I got I got a good quote out of him, though. Uh, he gave me the whole, like, oh, that's a good question. I'm like, yeah, you're buying time to figure out how to answer. <laughs> um, we love the great. compliment. Yes, exactly. I was like, I take, I take that as a compliment, clearly. Um, and then I had some really good conversations with Todd Bowles and with Casey Rogers. So it was great. Yes, that great. I can't wait for us to dive more into that. Yes. I don't know why. Well, I'm just so interested. Like whenever I visit a place that I, you know, used to live, there's always like a restaurant or a place that I like have to hit up. What's your like 
in Tampa. You're coming here. And this was a place that you loved. And you're like, I cannot leave Tampa unless I get X. Um, the easy answer is for sure Fresh Kitchen because there's oh, really nothing yeah. like it like so anywhere good. else I love all of that whole restaurant group yeah um, I am going to Bella Brava one of these nights because I love mm. it there it's such a good restaurant and like we have really great restaurants in Chicago uh, so restaurant wise like I don't feel too depleted but I mean Fresh Kitchen is still I, I don't have anything like that near me in in my apartment uh, in the city so is I the coffee is good because Buddy Brew I, I think if I ever left Tampa Buddy Brew would be it'd be hard it'd be yeah hard. I uh, I don't no. drink coffee Oh, so, Carmen. I know. Whoa. How are you That's alive right now? You woke up at 3.30 this morning. And you're still creating yeah. sentences, like full-blown sentences right With now. With no oh, coffee. I'm, I'm, I'm MVP through, like, the writing I have to do tonight still. So, like, I got a whole other feature to, to write tonight. Um, no, I, I I just, I drink tea. I have a tea that has more caffeine in it. Uh, it's, like, it's boosted with, like, more okay. natural green, like, caffeine. You but I'm actually out sound of like Tom Brady. I don't know. That's uh... <laughs> very I'm um, on the TV 12 method. They, they can still sponsor me because their stuff is expensive. I was actually gonna um, say the one time that I cut coffee out of my life is when I tried TB12. Like I, I committed to it all the way in. Um wow. the eating was very stressful for me. At that point, I just wanted to eat air and lettuce, and then I I just <laughs> The, my 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 moment to bounce back to society was a large <laughs> cup of coffee. Bless you. Oh so bless you. I yeah, you're doing TB12 and you don't even you don't even realize. <laughs> and I don't even know it. Uh, I'm not following it. I literally had Shake Shack all day today. So <laughs> it's too much pressure. I swear. I felt it's cool for maybe two hours on it, and then I was like, uh, uh-uh, I'm done. Mm-hmm. This is not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, no. I will just stick to working out and drinking my wine. So. Exactly. Exactly. That's where we we hang. But something else, um, updates when it comes to Bucks Entertainment and Insight. It's not limited to anyone who covers the Bucks because a lot of these headlines go quite national very quickly. So definitely want your opinion on the rivalry of the (laughs) NFC South. What went down on Sunday? We know that Mike Evans, you know, got a suspension, tried to appeal it, and then it ended up getting upheld. Um, did you think he deserved to get that suspension? And then what did you just think of the scrap in itself? People were getting very dramatic with it. And I saw some great tweets from you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I don't. I like I I didn't think he should have been suspended. But at the same time, I understood it because this isn't the first time. And I mm-hmm. very much think the league is trying to send him him and Marshawn for the for the record. Like, this isn't going to fly anymore, guys. Every single time you guys play each other, which is twice a year. Y'all are getting in these fights. So, like, can we Can we not? Um, I don't think it was a cheap shot, though. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know how you're, it's a cheap shot when you're, like, hitting someone in the chest. Like, yeah. and also, like, you started that. Like, you started the smoke around all of these other guys. Like, it's on you to know that, like, these guys are going to come in and jump in and come to the defense of their mm-hmm. other players. But I don't think Lenny's getting enough credit here. Lenny didn't get suspended, which is great. But That's he was the first one said. in there. He was the first one in there. And he was like, like, no, you're not going to talk to Tom like that. And also, you know, the, the league kind of sending a very strongly worded letter to Bruce Arians saying, uh, yeah, no, you can't be interfering with stuff like that. Because if you watch it, like, he's literally, it's, he calls Mike on it. He's like, Mike, turn around, look what's going on. And then Mike takes off. Yeah, so, he um, him in. <laughs> but he knows his player. He can't help it. He knows Mike. He knows where Mike's head probably was on it. But it's funny that you mentioned that because Kaylee and I were literally saying on the previous episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, Leonard Fournette was in the mix first. Yeah, like first, first we guy the Yeah, Kaylee, like we were really confused at that. And then it was the fact that people were like, oh, he attacked him from behind. And I'm just like, I don't understand the behind thing because it was like a frontal situation he shoved him in the yeah. chest like like i could see like the cheap shot it was a cheap shot the first time he did it when marshawn hit Jameis's helmet because he cheap right. shot at Jameis first he kind of did that and you can't touch a quarterback and then mike comes in from off screen and like hits him in the back that's a cheap shot i get it yeah um, and that was a tackle so, like, versus a push because it was just as like yeah. that big overwhelming push right yeah. or am i thinking it's weird it was no, I mean, it was still kind of a push and then a tackle, like they kind of engaged and then they were like rolling around on the ground and everything oh, like yeah. that. So, the, the part about this though that, um, I, so I 
was listening to it on the radio because I was driving to Green Bay at the time. I was going out for Bears Packers at Lambeau. And so I was driving to Green Bay and I'm listening to the home broadcast. So I'm listening to Gene and Dave and TJ um, describe what's happening on the field. And before, like, as soon as they said there was a fight, I was like, dear God, it was Mike and it was Mike and Marshawn. I knew it was Mike and Marshawn instantly. Um, I don't, I was actually talking to the guys about this in the locker room today. Uh, it got brought up organically. I wasn't going fishing for it at all, but I was, and then with the Packers coming into town, it, they, it, we talked about like Sue's sack on Rogers in week six of 2020, where like Rogers backpedaled like 10 yards and Sue just comes like screaming up the middle and just body slams him (laughs) right before the half. And Sue just like body slammed him, walked around and walked right into the locker room because it was right as the half was like coming up. Like he was just like, those two hate each other so much. So I was asking the guys, I was like, who do you think hates each other more? Sue and Rogers or Mike and Marshawn? And they all, they were like, Mike and Marshawn. That's a really good question though. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, and I don't, that might be recency bias though, because I also, I don't know if a lot of these guys, like growing up in the NFC North, I grew up outside Chicago. I grew up paying attention to this division more than any other division before I started working for the Bucks. And like, it was a thing between Sue and Rogers. And like, I don't think Rogers can be as forthcoming about it because he's a quarterback and like, he's Mm -hmm. expected to be a little bit more buttoned up. But like, that was a thing like and it was I I, I think just some of these guys probably just didn't weren't there in the, you know in the beginning and seeing all or of didn't that follow kind of stuff it. but like yeah and then but like the defense like even like Pat O'Connor especially was like no Sue hates Aaron <laughs> and Aaron hates and I'm like yeah I know and like Pat's a Chicago <laughs> boy so like he knows yes um, <laughs> so it was I don't know exactly like if that was the best you know, they're obviously a little bit biased, but I mean, those, those division rivalries, man, they're fun. I oh, think they're yeah. fun. So fun. They're so yeah. fun. They make the fan base what it is. Like that's one of the games that you anticipate most down the stretch, even though you're going to play one of the best of the best, you know, at some point or another, it's that it's nothing touches the rivalries and the conversation around it. I mean, now I'm seeing tweets and stuff that uh, Evans is banned from certain restaurants in new Orleans and stuff. Yeah. So this is just kind of, branched out to a whole nother level um which is fun and funny and then annoying all in one pretty little bow but i did get the reference because i mean sue was one of the quote-unquote dirtiest players in the league so everybody had a bone to pick with him but you didn't really always know who he had an issue with and if you did follow it rogers was a little bit more apparent and you can tell that by when you sack a guy how quickly does it take you to get off of him that's kind of when you know or when you do get off how do you get up do you get up by you know, getting that extra mush on his helmet to stabilize yourself and Which stand up. Sue has, Sue has been known to do for other with other people. <laughs> Stepping on people, one. perhaps. I don't know. Um, I was just always very glad that he was on our side. Yeah. But he's, it's funny, though, too, because he's a really nice person. Like, he's just one of those guys that between the white lines is just a little, like, a lot of bit of an asshole. And a lot of these other, a lot of these guys are like that. But he was, he was. I won't go so far as to say he's a teddy bear off the field. I didn't know him that well, but um, he's he's a really nice guy. I've always yeah. had really good conversations with him. So oh, great it's just funny to see the two <laughs> the two like sides of Sue essentially. Is he a Gemini I, I, by I have no idea. <laughs> Is he, you not, would ask that question. I was just gonna say, Casey, like that is <laughs> that is definitely something that you should find out, though. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Any of that. An update. Um, maybe maybe we can ask our uh, producer to get on that. What is he a Gemini uh, or not? Uh, I would we'll appreciate you, it. We'll give I'll you give a whole breakdown before the end of the episode. Okay, but you guys talked a lot about you know, people getting really into it and, and, and how like these rivalries are so interesting. Um, and while there's not necessarily a rivalry between these two teams, I would say that there is like a fun rivalry between the two quarterbacks, right? Like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, while they can be a little chummy off the field and, it seems like they have a little bit of a, you know, okay relationship there mm-hmm. uh, on the field. They take their opponents very seriously and it's going to be a really fun matchup. And it might be the last time we last see one. these two quarterbacks go at it. It's the Bucks home opener. I'm really excited. I know everyone in Tampa is ecstatic. So as we kind of get into our news and notes and, and, and what's going on, uh, could you guys both give me some team updates? I know we have 
some injury updates on both sides and mm -hmm. some um, some different news that is happening. What's going on, Casey? I'm going to throw it to you for the Bucks, and then Carmen over to you for the Packers on that news and notes. Um, well, one of the top things is the fact that the Mike Evans suspension decided to be upheld. So he will not be a part of this team on Sunday versus the Packers. The other thing is the injury updates. Um, when it comes down to that wide receiver room, we're still not seeing Julio Jones participating. There's no shocker here. Chris Godwin's not participating, but as Kaylee and I have mentioned numerous times, we don't want to see him anytime soon. We really want to see that health be all the way like no there, I, we didn't even think he should have been playing week one. So um, no surprise there. Leonard Fournette, hamstring, the hamstring plague. I, I'm still trying to figure this one out. TB12 has to figure out the hamstring. I don't know what the technique is, but they got to get in there. Um, but Leonard it's Fournette was limited. Time. Huh? TB12, get on it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the PT's on it. Like, the, you know, yeah. we got to work out that hamstring issue. Start with the hamstring and then guide into <laughs> everything else. I don't know. Um, but at least Lenny's limited, and we know he's that he's that gamer guy. So you don't need to see him in every single practice. Um, the most important bit of news here, though, is the fact that Cole Beasley so far is starting to get adjusted with this offense. He's very hungry to be um, a part of this offense. If nobody caught any sort of updates lately, apparently this dude was sliding into Tom Brady's DMs and Brady was asked about it in press conferences today and completely kind of swerved the question. I don't know if he felt weird about a guy being in his DMs aggressively. And like, there's no other word, but aggressive, like the way Cole described it was like, I've been messed. I've been hitting Brady up for a while. I've been giving him all the thirst traps and he hasn't bit into any of them. So we still don't even know how this came about. Because Brady alluded to nothing. Brady was like, yeah, he's a really good player. I followed his career for a long time. And then that was kind of it. Um, but we'll see how much he plays into this. He's not particularly at a thousand seat, a thousand yard receiver. Uh, the closest season he had to that was in 2020 with the bills. And I think he broke like a little over 900 and found the end zone four times, but it's that slot guy that can catch the ball that we know is one of the biggest problems with this team. So Everyone's hoping that Cole's going to be, um, you know, the the solving part of the equation for that. Other good news. I don't know if we call Cole good news, but good news, positive news. Something trending in the right direction is left tackle. Levante or Levante. Guys, words today. I haven't had enough caffeine once again. Donovan Smith, <laughs> who we saw get that, you know, really, really irking uh, elbow hyperextension. He got some reps in today, um, and that was the probably the highlight of practice, I would say, but I'm going to toss it to Carmen here in a second to give us a little more insight. But it was nice to see him working through some drills, people were saying, which is a positive because at one point we almost thought he may have participated last week, but it would have been pushing it, and it was probably the best call to not have him go in. So, Carmen, did you see Donovan Smith take some reps with the sleeve on? Did he look? confident do you look good do you look capable tell bucks fans what they can expect there yeah no i uh i was watching just you know the very beginning when they're stretching and stuff like that and i thought i saw two number 78s and i was like wait a second there's not two tristans out there donovan's jersey was like tucked up under so it made it look like a, another 78 Crop up. And i was like did we did we, did we clone tristan worms so like also i'm not going to be mad about that let's let's clone tristan worms oh man i would love um, I know, but then I saw, you know, the big kind of brace on uh, all down his, his right arm. And I was like, oh, hi, Donnie, you're back. You're doing nice. things. This is great. Uh, so then he, I mean, he did the stretches, he did the warmups, and then he went and did individual drills. And that's all that media could see uh, during practice. But then we got to talk to him at his locker afterwards. And, you know, he's, he's, there's one question that everybody has for him and it's a question he's not going to answer. And it's a question I don't think he can answer quite yet because mm -hmm. essentially what we've been told about this injury is that it's kind of a pain management thing. It's, it's how much pain can he play through? And right. I mean, Donovan's one of those iron men, like most offensive linemen are, uh, but he's, you know, up until I think, was it last year, two years ago that he finally missed his first start. Like he was just always there and always very reliable um, at that left tackle spot. So I mean, these guys play through a lot and it'll be, he, he looked fine in individual drills from what, from what we saw, but that's not as necessarily what matters, uh, especially when you're a left tackle and you're left on an Island to protect Tom Brady um, going against some of these green Bay pass rushers um, oh, yeah. who have come into their own and they're young and they're hungry and they want to prove themselves. So that's going to be kind of a test, I think, for this offensive line. But more than Donovan Smith, too, Robert Hainsey is all back, is back, and he mm -hmm. looks good, and he's practicing and everything like that. So, I, you know, there was 
there was just so many like, no, 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 no. And, uh, but I've talked to these guys a lot about blocking for Tom. And one thing that they've told me, every single one of them has told me independently is that he makes it easy for them because he is so good at getting the ball out quickly. He recognizes things. He can pick up, you know, all sorts of pressures that are coming his way and knows when he's, he needs to get the ball out. And that's why I think Leonard Fournette has had such, such work um, is because he's being utilized so much in that short, and quick passing game mm-hmm. i think that that's where actually cole beasley can come in i don't know tom and and the court and byron even wouldn't say today like how much he would be, he'll be involved after three days of practice right um but i think as this kind of goes on you can maybe lighten the load on leonard from a receiving perspective because cole can run those quick slants run those underneath routes run those crossers that, you know, you need and just the dump off routes essentially Mm -hmm. that Tom likes so much. So um, I think that these are all trending in the right direction. Um, But I I think both teams are starting to trend in the right direction. So this is going to be very (laughs) Sure. Both teams, Carmen. It was was so uh, interesting that you guys were just talking about Uh, Donovan Smith, because we are going to start transitioning to Bucks offense facing off against Packers defense. And I am actually wondering a little bit more about Donovan Smith's replacement and then his replacement. That's going to be good old Seminole high Brandon Walton. He impressed a lot of people. I'm wondering Josh Wells not listed on the injury report. Um, what what do you think they're going to do at left tackle? Do they give Wells another shot? Did Brandon Walton impress enough to make a name for himself? What do you think is going to happen there? Did they move Wellesy to IR? Did they? I thought they might have moved. I think they might have moved him to IR. They moved not, him. Yeah, he can't. He's not going to be able to go. He got pretty seriously injured in that game. Him and Hector, um, I think about both a month removed. Yeah. Okay. So That's yeah, helpful then. Yes. Four. I don't know if we if we yeah. gave that update. It could still be a comparison because when he does return, there's fans that do like Josh Wells and think that he does just enough, and then there's fans that are like, actually, they had they started mentioning Brandon Walton's name during training camp. Yep. So. That is going to be – that's still an interesting point, Kaylee, because we don't know what they're going to do when Wells is healthy because Walton may seal the deal and build off of whatever took place in training camp. So, yeah, Carmen, what do you? What was your impression of that? Because you're a trenches girl, aren't you? Sure am. Uh, yeah. I love my big men. Did you like uh, what I, you I've saw from it. Walton? Yeah, I got to come down to training camp for about a week, and I've talked to kind of the O-line coaches there. They, they I mean, they got some depth on this offensive line. And that's kind of gone a little bit under the radar. I mean, you also have Nick Leverett now. What ta- what Wellesley kind of brings to the table too is a experience. He's been in the league for a long time, but he's also the swing guy, right? He can he can yeah. go on both sides. He can play both sides on, on you know tackle, and he's come in at different times um, in those situations, which is not nothing. And so Brandon Walton doesn't have the NFL experience to do that yet. And I hate when guys have to do it. I recognize that as a depth guy. You have to be that flexible, but it's really, really hard to switch sides and stuff like that. So I think that you have to feel good, though, about the depth and what you got to see out of Brandon Walton, because, yeah, he's been trending upwards even in camp. And and you had that. The thing is, you didn't really hear about him, I think, because of the fact that you have those bookends in Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs that Mm -hmm. are really there are no danger of losing their starting spots. They're, They're great at their position. So that's, you kind of go down the depth chart and I think Wellesy being there longer, he's, he's, you know, he's been in the system a while, he's been in the league for a while, but now, yeah, he goes to IR and it's next man up, man. That's just how it is. But this offensive line is actually pretty deep because like the fact that they're playing like they are after the injuries they've sustained, I can't talk either. They've sustained. Get some coffee. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I know. I don't drink coffee, obviously, but um, yeah, I'm going to have to go down and get a Diet Coke or something for all the writing I still have to do tonight. Um, but yeah, no, I like, I just, I, lo- I love that mentality and that, and offensive linemen really pride themselves on that. I think the biggest thing too with Brandon Walton was that he didn't commit penalties. Um, he probably has some reps that he wants back, but that's, if you can play smart and not get your team behind the chains, like that's all you can ask for out of an offensive lineman right now. And yeah. like I said, Tom is going to make it easy on him and yeah. he's going to you know make sure that 
he's getting the ball out and he's a little bit more aware maybe of what's going on behind his shoulder. And I'm glad you mentioned kind of the layers of how much depth they actually have. I know that's probably not the most apparent thing from somebody who's not focusing on the roster and knows it in, in as much depth as you do. But with that said, I feel like between Jason Light and this coaching staff, they've kind of always drafted very versatile linemen, if you will. So how many teams do you think really have that ability to kind of move, swing a guy from, you know, right to left, left to right, or pinch them in and they still be somewhat effective? Um, and then kind of building off that question, Rashawn Gary, Packers mm -hmm. have this man-eater, if you will. How dangerous yeah, I, is he going to be against this O-line? What are what are the Bucks O-line in for versus a guy like Rashawn Gary? Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, too, about Jason Light is he identifies talent um, in the later rounds of the draft, and he pulls these guys out of small schools. And they really bring them along. Like the coaching staff is just really, really good at that. I mean, every team has these swing guards, swing tackles. You, you need that for depth. Like you can't just have a backup right guard, a backup right tackle, a backup left guard, a backup left tackle, like on the roster like that. You can't do that. Backup, you can have a backup center, obviously. But um, as far as like the other positions on the line, you just can't carry that many linemen on, on a roster. So that's where that flexibility and, and stuff kind of comes more into play. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, they're getting healthy at a good time. And I really do hope that, that Donovan Smith can go and that Hainsey's hundred percent because they're going to be tested by this green Bay line, not just by, so you got Rashawn Gary on one side. And I think the masses are kind of awakening to Rashawn Gary and what he can do and how mm -hmm. much improved he is this year. But you also have Preston Smith on the other side yeah. and those two are a really, really good tandem. And again, kind of going under the radar as far as that, because also not only do you have those edge guys. But you have a guy like Kenny Clark in the middle. And Tom even talked about him today saying, you know, he's one of the best inside guys that they're going to face. And it's true. Uh, he, he's, he's their Vita Vea. I mean, he's the guy that's taking on double teams. And he's the one that you kind of have to reckon with that's eating up blockers on the inside so that these guys on the outside can have the one-on-one -on -one matchups that they're going to win. So you have to just kind of play. They're gonna, I feel like they're going to probably try to attack the probably the left side, even if Donovan's playing, because they know he's kind of, he's probably not a hundred percent. Same with Hainsey, that interior, that interior is the fastest way to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. So if you can attack the interior, because you think there's a weakness there, they're going to do it. Um, and they do, you know, they, they do different stunts and stuff up front. Uh, the Packers do that. It can get guys out of position and kind of confuse linemen. That's, that's what that's meant for. Um, but no, I mean, Rashawn Gary is really, I think like, public enemy number one for the Bucks at this point because he's again Gary. Like, Packers are on prime time a lot and uh but the good news is is that because Rashawn Gary is a Michigan man I'm pretty sure Tom Brady is very well aware of who Rashawn Gary is and he <laughs> he mentioned Rashawn Gary I'm impressed by the press conference today too but I think he's paying some special attention to Rashawn because he knows that it's a fellow Wolverine and he loves his fellow Michiganders Oh, these boys love the alumni club, but before, sure, cause I'm no. sure Kaylee has a question, but you said something and I, and I have to ask fans are going to be very curious. You talked about these two guys coming off the edge and you made them sound really impressive. But if you had to choose Preston Smith or Sean Gary, JTS or Shaq Don't Barrett. Do Don't do that to me. Ooh. I can't, I can't be. I'm sorry. You kind of, kind of went there and I'm just following your lead like now I'm very curious I listen um I everybody can't fit no, on the I, mean, I, can't, I, I know I, I can't oh, there's it's absolutely ludicrous I can't be unbiased uh <laughs> JTS and Shaq are my guys like I got to see I got to see Joe training this offseason like just by accident like, happy accident I get I got to see him he was working with a pass specialist in Dallas I was there for O-line masterminds and I like looked across the field and I was like, that kind of looks like Joe. And I got closer. I was like, that is, oh my God, that is Joe. And I like ran over. I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm training. Clearly, this is a training facility. What are you doing here in the middle of Dallas, Texas? Um, or Frisco, I should say. It was a star. But no, that being said, I mean, I called my shot for Joe too. Like, mm -hmm. when I was at the Draft Network, I was covering all the teams. So I got to talk about the Buccaneers pretty much as much as I wanted to still. And I called my shot for I was like, Joe's going to have double-digit sack sacks this year. And even though it's through two games, he's got, what, I think a half sack, a split a sack. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still doubling down on it. I still think that he's going to be, you know, one of these guys that's just, again, 
I love the interior guys on the line, Vita. And even with Akeem out right now, you still got Nacho. Like, I'm not super worried about this front for the Bucks against this Packers run. I know I'm like really long-winded right now. I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is what they want. They want you, Carmen. I no, I just think that like this, I, I wouldn't be concerned about the Bucks run defense, even though they are, I think, ranked like 19th in yards per play or rushes, uh, rushing yards per play, which is very uncharacteristic of them through two games. But there's been some extenuating circumstances. That being said, even with Akeem Hicks out, you have your three best run stuffers still healthy in Raheem Nunez Rochez and Will Golston. And either, like, honestly, either uh, Vita Vea or you've got now Logan Paul as, as the new kid on the block. And then you also have Pat O'Connor. Pat O'Connor's a really good run stopper. And he's my guy. Everyone knows that. Uh, <laughs> so the really long-winded answer to all of that is, though, I'm like, of course I'm going to take Shaq and JTS. Because, like, not only are they fantastic, but they also have this interior that's going to just help them out. And they've been helping them out. I mean, Shaq's gotten some work there too so I, lo- I love those guys I can never be unbiased when it comes to them but let me tell you that's not a knock on Rashawn Gary or Preston Smith because they are the truth too they are going to be a really interesting matchup and we're going to get a lot more into that defense in a second the Bucks defense against the Packers offense I have a lot of questions I want to go there But first, I do have to ask, everyone is talking about this run game, right? They're saying that even though it's the quarterback showdown, that really it might end up being decided by who can run better. Matt LaFleur, not impressed at times with his run defense. Leonard Fournette, he's topping the charts in how many yards he has through the NFL, through the first two games. Do you think the Packers defense will be able to, and I know we just gave some some guys a shout out, but do you think they're going to be able to contain Lenny? I mean, it kind of comes down to like that middle level too, right? Like they they have the new um, Quay Walker, who's the rookie out of Georgia, and he's been coming on real strong for them and, and those, and those inside backers for those inside backers. And so you don't, not only do you have the front, but you have the support of their inside backers. Um, they even bring, you know, they bring down their box safety, stuff like that um, against the run. I think that they'll be fine for what the, but I do think that, yeah, this is probably, I, my prediction for this game is a really low scoring game mm-hmm. uh, that because I have to do predictions for Fox um, every week. And I did this game and I, yeah, I'm like, this is going to be kind of a low scoring game. This is probably going to be one of those more like old school run the football defense, you know, smash mouth kind of style <laughs> of play. Um, watch now that I say that somehow, you know, both quarterbacks are going to go 30. off with like the no, re- <laughs> the no receivers that they have. Like these guys are going to come out of nowhere. Somehow. Be, like pushing the ball down the field. Um, but no, I mean, on both sides of the ball, like these guys, these running backs are going to be, I think, key. Uh, or both, both teams, these running backs are going to be really key. That's going to be a fun bet to make. And kind of speaking of the run game, time to switch over. But now we're talking Packers offense versus Bucks defense. And with that, Packers, Aaron Jones was the the light of all things this past weekend. Um, What was it? 132 yards. The man just stomped his way all the way through. Uh, So do you have how much faith do you have in this Packers run game versus this Bucks defense? And you kind of gave the Bucks run stop defense a, a little bit of credit, but they could be better. Um, but yeah. they also they are top of the league of of not allowing teams to find the end zone. So what's the Packers secret here? I'm yeah, that's the thing. Question as well, and just add yes, in the fact that Ahim kicks is out. So mm-hmm. does yeah. that maybe elevate their run game? because they are going to rely heavily on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is with the Packers, the Packers are really impressive in a lot of ways because they said they called their shot before the Bears game. They were like, we, after the disaster in Minnesota, they were like, we have to get 28 and 33 ball. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon's got calves for the God or quads for the gods. (laughs) Yeah, Quads for the gods. Um, Aaron Jones is, a really tough runner. Like I watched him break so many tackles on Sunday night. 
you would have thought he was AJ Dillon with with you know the trunk that he has. Um, <laughs> God, I'm really getting into some. Yeah, I'm opening myself up for some whatever. We're fine. <laughs> some nice Long, little clips football, there. Football the really trunk in the quads sometimes. for the gods. <laughs> the quads for the gods. Yeah, no. So um, they're going to lean really heavily on that still because they're still trying to figure out what they have in their receivers. Their receivers are young and new, and Aaron just doesn't have. Rogers just doesn't have the chemistry that he did. Um, Devonte Adams leaving. I mean, that's twenty five percent of the team's touchdowns last year. So yeah. that like that walked out the door with him. And then um, there's just there's a lot of learning curve there. I feel like for a lot of these young players, and and the only thing that's gonna really bring them along is more reps. But I think that they found a way to get them on the field, get them you know going full speed, and they can kind of sprinkle them in. But while they do that, they can rely on this tandem of two backs and the tandem of backs, they, like I just said, they, they called their shot against the bears and then they did it. Aaron Jones not only had 132 yards and a rushing touchdown, he also had a receiving touchdown. AJ Dillon touched the ball 16 times that game. I mean, the Packers won the time of possession by like, I think it was like a ratio of like two to one because the Bears ran 41 offensive plays. It was absolutely outrageous. Like they just controlled the entire game because they stayed on the ground Mm -hmm. and they, you know, they did what worked and all that kind of stuff. So like, they're going to try to do that again because they kind of have no choice. And I think that this Bucks defense is going to be wise. And this is going to sound crazy, but to like try to make Aaron throw the ball and like, don't let these guys bounce to the outside, AJ Dillon and, and Aaron Jones. And that's the thing is like, I asked Aaron Jones after the game against the bears, I was like, did you know, because he only had five touches against the Vikings the year, the, the week before, mm-hmm. I was like, did you know that you're going to be featured a little bit more? And he was like, honestly, no, like we knew that we were going to get the ball, meaning him and AJ Dillon, we were going to get the ball. We don't know the split. The coaches don't know the split. Nobody knows the split until you get in the game and things, you know, kind of start moving along and you see who has the hot hand. And like, when you have that luxury, then yeah, you can still keep defenses guessing, even if they know you're going to run the ball. So that's the issue there. I think you're, you know, this is going to be, you still have your run stoppers up front. And I know that Levante David, and I talked to Levante about it today. He like, he's well aware um, because of course Todd is Todd Bowles is well aware and Casey Rogers and Larry Foot, the defensive coordinators, they know what they're about to face. Um, but Levante is ready and willing and he's one of the best sideline to sideline linebackers in the league. Probably is the best sideline. I don't what am I saying? One of the he is the best. <laughs> he's that dude. Um, he is that dude. And I wish that people <laughs> would wake up to that. I still I still carry that cross for him. Um, but I mean, Devin has been getting a lot more involved in the pass rush, but I mean, they're definitely going to need him to at least to get into the backfield and get to these guys. Uh, but I'm not worried about the front. I'm not worried about those guys. And then, you know, you have Anthony Winfield Jr. who just likes to hit people. Um, so he's going to come down in the box and he gets to play all over. He's got that. He's in that nickel safety role or a nickel corner role as a safety. Um, but it, that allows him to kind of come down into the box too. And they're, they're going to do a lot of different things too with coverages. So. I don't know. We're going to see. It's going to be very interesting, but like, it's like I said, it's going to be, I think like your plan of attack is to actually make Aaron try and throw the ball. Yes. And he's been holding it a lot more this season. Uh, If you've watched the last few games of his, he doesn't look comfortable and it's because, you know, his receivers, he's not comfortable with them yet. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't like to be hit. I think they're getting him. They're getting him at the right time. Yeah. I mean, he's 38 years old too. Like he's like, Tom, you don't want to get hit. <laughs> I don't, don't want to get like hit. hit. You were here. You were in Tampa when, when the, the Bucks sacked him, what, four times in a game. And then he was just like pissed and done with it. But I mean, at that point, what do you What's do? funny is, uh, so the last, so the two times the Bucks have faced Aaron Rodgers, this coaching staff. So Todd Bowles as defensive coordinator has, have faced the Packers, um, it was the NFC Championship game and then that week six game that earlier that season. In the NFC Championship game, they sacked Aaron Rodgers five times. In that week six game, they sacked him four. Yep. So they, they sacked him out of the game. Like, they would have had more if they didn't pull – they pulled Rodgers that game because they were behind. He had gotten sacked too many times. They legitimately pulled him for the backup. And they sacked him out of the game, and I was – yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing performance. <laughs> so hopefully maybe they can do it again. Tom, one time. And it was not with the Bucks. Uh, I, I mean, the record between these teams is is more so in favor of the Bucks. It is very interesting that you mention about Rodgers and making him throw because Aaron Rodgers is only averaging 5.3 air yards per passing attempt. That's the second lowest in the league. 
And I'm wondering, because of what we saw from this Bucks defense last week, specifically the secondary, these resurrected grave diggers with these turnovers and interceptions that they're that they're getting. Herman, how are the Packers going to match up with the secondary? Can they? Yeah. No, I mean, that's, it definitely favors them. And listen, the uh, creativity that's going on in the back level of this Bucks defense this year with those three, that three safety rotation in Keanu Neal, Logan Ryan, Antoine Winfield Jr., you got Mike Edwards getting in the mix, like all of those safeties playing all of these different roles and kind of moving around that back level. It's so confusing for quarterbacks. And you can see that. Um, and so I think that Aaron's going to have a tough time because I think these receivers are going to have a tough time. And you also have, a better rotation on the outside because you've got now three really, really solid outside corners in Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, and then Sean Murphy Bunting. And let's not forget Jamel Dean has had some success about like from with Aaron Rodgers. And this was, you know, two years ago in 2020, he gets the only the third pick six ever off of Rodgers in his career. Um, and Rodgers had that, that week six game in 2020, Rodgers had the third lowest passer rating he's ever had. Um, so these guys kind of not, I don't want to say I'm knocking on wood. Like they don't, I don't know if they have his number. They're obviously going to do certain <laughs> things. Rodgers is not going to stand by and just be like, yeah, you can just do that to me. Um, he's going to figure <laughs> some stuff out. Yeah. I, I asked him after the game on last Sunday, cause I noticed there was a lot more, like you're talking about these air yards. There's a lot more short kind of high completion throw, high completion rate throws that he's throwing, the short, quick passes. And I asked him, like, coupled that with how much they ran the ball, I was like, was that on purpose to kind of help bring your receivers along and maybe get them a little bit more confidence by making sure that they could make those plays? And, you know, with every every pass completion, you know, these rookies will get more and more confident. Mm -hmm. um, and he took that opportunity, actually, to kind of turn it more on himself. And the way he made it sound was, uh, no, I didn't really have anything open down the field and I couldn't make those throws and I need to be better. Uh, so I think he's coming oh, in with wow. a chip on his shoulder. Oh, okay. And yeah, he's coming in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. So like if the run doesn't work, he's going to try and force some of these passes. And uh, given the rookies and maybe the guys that are a little bit newer to that offense, um, they, it might make them a little bit prone to mistakes, especially when you're considering how confusing this Bucks back level can be. Yeah. And I'm actually glad that you mentioned that because sometimes you saw, I think pick apart might be a little too dramatic, but sometimes you saw the Bucks defense get a little confused and picked apart, if you will, when teams would just start throwing underneath on them over and over mm -hmm. and over again. And it took a minute to get acclimated and readjust with that said, you know, say Bucks shut down, Jones and Dylan. Then you have these young receivers. I mean, my favorite young receiver that came out of the draft was Christian Watson. And yeah. I was so mad that he ended up in a Packers uniform. So that's still a very touchy subject for me <laughs> outside of that Romeo dubs. So you have these question marks. What happened? What's going down? Is there any chance that we're going to see more action out of Robert Tanyan? Like he was a go-to mm -hmm. guy in what 2020 and found the end zone 11 yeah. times as a tight end. And Red zones and tight ends, they're kind of in this very romantic tango that all of us love to <laughs> I see, love that. you know? And I thought, even though I was rooting for the Vikings, I'm not going to lie because I'm really obsessed with go what's going on with their offense right now. Um, but I thought that they were going to start lighting up Tanya to get those yards and find the end zone and get that score back up. So is that a guy that we might see versus the Bucks if the run game gets, you know, eliminated or minimized and the wide receiving core is not very useful? Yeah, it's interesting. Rogers kind of leans on his tight ends and his running backs, uh, even in the passing game. So that's why you see, you know, AJ Dillon, like both AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are receiving threats. Um, they're right. very good at that. And I think that if you can't, if they can't get them running, that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't get them involved in the passing game. And so far this season, we've seen Rogers lean more on them than he has on Robert Tunyon. Now Robert Tunyon is coming back from injury from last season. So I don't know if that's maybe more of a symptom of him just not being full hundred percent, not trusting his knee a little bit. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. The Packers are having some issues though. Um, on top of their receivers being new and young, uh, they're also kind of hurt. So uh, today at Packers mm. practice, um, everybody was, there's a lot of receivers that weren't playing, that weren't uh, practicing, that were limited. 
uh, Romeo Dobbs kind of he- headlined the available available uh, <laughs> receivers. Essentially, I, yeah, you're right. I can't talk either. But um, <laughs> Romeo Dobbs did have a really great play. His his specialty too is kind of that those yards after the catch and the, the Packers receivers going back again to the air yard stat you brought up, Haley. Um, they these receivers can get yards after the catch too. So Aaron doesn't really have to air it out necessarily for them to have the big play. Like in the game against the bears, the Packers went down because of a penalty and a sack. They were faced with a second and 28 situation. Um, That should be a death sentence for any drive. If you're at second and 28, Uh, but a one little screen pass, Romeo Dobbs, and all of a sudden they gained 20 yards. And then the pass to Randall Cobb, who has been a favorite of Aaron Rodgers, a target, a favorite target of Aaron Rodgers. One play later, gets them the first down. And then, oh, hey, two plays later, they're in, the, they're in the end zone. So where they should have been dead in the water, they turned that in because of just kind of some ingenuity and some resourcefulness and these guys just making plays when they have to. So I don't want to count these guys out um, at, at all either. But I don't know. I mean, I still think that you could still get A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones involved in the passing game if the running game isn't working I don't know. So far, we have not seen Robert Tunyon be Robert Tunyon or that that he was in that role a couple years ago. It's interesting, and I'm so happy that you mentioned the guys who are out because there were actually six guys on the do not participate uh, injury report today for the Packers. Three of them were wide receivers, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson. Cobb listed as did not participate just because of illness. So that could maybe, you know, uh, go away. He might get better. They're, you know, who knows what's going on there. Um, but Watkins and Watson are both do, did not participate because of hamstring. And then you also have, yeah. oh, excuse me, also Alan Lazard <laughs> because of ankle. And then Mercedes Lewis the tight end because of a groin. Who are we actually going to see out there? Do you have any insights for us, Carmen? Like, who do you think will actually participate in Sunday's game? I mean, I think that, I mean, Alan Lazard has been dealing with his injury and he came back and he was fine. I think this is more kind of giving him rest and putting him on a pitch count during the week uh, Mm -hmm. so that he can be available on Sundays uh, for Aaron Rodgers because they're, you know, rediscovering their, bond and their chemistry um and he's supposed to be the Packers number one receiver at this point I do think that we'll see I'll be interested to see because you said it was the hamstring injuries for Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson um I did we did see some really good things between Rodgers and uh Sammy Watkins in the game against the Bears one was kind of a garbage time whatever but just you know kind of getting them used to each other and Rodgers was very complimentary about Sammy after after the game and talking about how they're, you know, they're scratching the surface with him and he's really excited as to what kind of player he can be for them. So I would I would bet that he – I don't know how serious the hamstring injury is. I mean, these guys are very – they'll say it's a hamstring and, you know, they're downplaying it as much as possible. That's just the nature of it. Um, but obviously I wasn't up at, uh, you know, in Green Bay today because I was at the Bucks. So don't hey. have a ton of insight, but I would also think that – I mean, you're going to get a lot of these guys uh, that are going to go either way just because uh, they know that they're going to be needed. Very true. And whether they can walk on the field will be determined on Sunday. But as for walking, we need to know if you have any one person place situation in mind that you would send off the plank. Now, we're not going to be too cruel. I wasn't too nice to John Ledyard. I made him choose first, but I'm going (laughs) to let Kaylee and I go first. You decide if you want to participate and walk the plank. Okay. I'm sure you've got something, but if not, no pressure. Um, Kaylee, Mm -hmm. you have something, someone, some situation in mind for Walk the Plank today. I was thinking really hard about Walk the Plank today because I know I got a little bit riled up. The fans loved it, though. They did. I had had some uh, favorable responses. And I don't know if I'm going to have as hot of a take today. It's it's nothing that is – you know, overly, I don't know. I guess my walk the plank is, I don't know. It's something that I get, but also I i think there, I don't know if there's another way around it. I'm, I'm, my walk the plank is frustration over the whole Bruce Arians thing. I just, I don't know if I love how it was handled. I get it. 
all they did was like they they could have like maybe done something bigger, something more. But this is a guy who stepped away and still is participating, but not in the same role. And the you know like the offensive guys were like I mean that's his team like those are his guys. And while I don't necessarily condone him being like, yo, Mike, turn around. <laughs> you see what happened? <laughs> <laughs> it's also one of those things where it's like in, in the middle of a scrum, in the middle of this situation, it's difficult for anyone to hold back their emotions. Yeah. And I feel like it could, I feel like there could have been a phone call before like an official letter was sent. I just feel like, and I know the letter was just a warning, but it made the news. So it's like, <laughs> you could have, you could have had something that didn't make the news. You could have just like pick up the phone and give them a phone call and say, Hey, don't do this thing again. Like Keep it chill. Stay, stay in your lane, dude. Um, but no, you like said, it's like, it's just, it's just so far. It feels almost petty like you're gonna like really put it on a letterhead you're really gonna like fax it over to them like are we serious right now like you're like again this is Kaylee keeping it calm <laughs> how, how else are you gonna get it to him like you're not I mean are you gonna snail mail it to him I just I just think it could have been handled slightly different I think that they I, I think it they could have given him and I know that in their eyes they're probably like we did give him grace but like I don't know. I think it could have been a phone call. I think it could have been handled a little bit differently. So I'm the not... NFL email committee is going off for you. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. Honestly, honestly, you should blame the Saints for this because the Saints were very difficult because they always are with visiting teams where they were like, yeah, no, we don't have a box for you, but Bruce, you can sit in the press box. You know Bruce's demeanor. You don't want him in a press box around reporters no. during a game. You're not That's absolutely to not for anybody. And yeah, the whole. So you know what, Carmen? Maybe so that is why you put him on the field. It's it's the Saints. It the Saints walk the plank. You don't have a space for <laughs> Bruce to like. Come on. In a, yeah, in a suite. So you're gonna have to put him on the field, uh, which is not where he normally up. is. He's usually right. in a suite. Uh, uh, yeah, like when he's they asked for it. You don't have one suite that you can give to the, the former head coach of the Bucks. Give me That's a break. Saying. You have, you don't That's have saying. one. That's a great That's point. <laughs> now you just so added to That's the why, group of people like, that sending off the boat. What's going under the radar here too? Like Jason Light's on the sidelines too. Jason Light's never on the sidelines. Jason Light is usually in a suite too. Like that's very that's true. very customary for visiting teams, especially, and then you know for teams in general, like at home, you mm -hmm. have the general manager, his staff, all those guys in a suite, and that's where Bruce usually hangs out too. So like the fact it's that like you're up. yeah like you're not gonna put the <laughs> Bucks GM among all of us, you know, peasant in reporters the press box. <laughs> in the press box. <laughs> So all those with guys the are warm the pretzels and oh no, don't get me started on the Saints' food availability because let me tell you, uh, <laughs> no. they starve us. They starve. Oh my god, the whole staff is about to go off the plank. Please. Oh, I'm spilling the yeah. You're, you're, you James tell. is like in the chat, like spill the tea, Carmen. Oh, god, and I'm like, you tell. I they're the worst. No, honestly, last time we were there, they didn't. They stopped all of like the food right before the game started. I think. And they like all they had at halftime were chips and cookies, and I was like, I Whoa. and also the press box itself is open air, so like you get a headache because it's so loud, and it's also simultaneously freezing. That is like the worst trip that I I would I would just absolutely dread going to the Saints every year because I was like, this is oh awful. God. I'm already it's in a snowsuit in the Bucks press box, so you you got me there. I won't be going there. Oh no, soon. I can't. I, do I lose my fingers. No. So I'm I'm helpless. I can't help anybody. I can't edit anything. I, I can't. Type I literally anything. cover the NFC North and the and, and the Saints press box. I mean, I haven't been to. I've been to all of them, but Minnesota. But the Saints press box is by far the coldest. And I'm like, I literally work in the other. Minnesota's supposed to be nice, though. Or at least their press box. That's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. A nice I'm, not <laughs> I'm not worried about <laughs> it. Not in comparison to the Saints. So, okay. Peters, so like, giving you Peters. Yeah. An idea of some of some plank walkers that you could throw out there. Mine's mine's simple this this week. I think this week, Kaylee and I just kind of swapped personalities because Kaylee just still got fired up. But mine mine is as simple as. We got we put a, a a small little clip up of the previous Jolly Rogers and touchdowns episode, and I 
I just saw a lot of people gravitate to Kaylee making one of the best comparisons ever to Tom Brady and Taylor Swift. And I made one little retweet, just, just very chill saying, maybe I should listen to a little bit more T Swifty and the haters came marching in. Whoa. Yes, hate, hate. <laughs> Apparently I am Emmy enemy number one for not being a Swifty fan. And it's like, guys, it's nothing personal. Oh my God. Our, our producer did not just tell me to shake it off. <laughs> Shut up. I'm about to throw this mic and walk Damn. off this pod. Yeah. Um, so I'm a very emo girl. If I'm not in like the, if I'm not in a hype environment, if you will. So if I'm not working out or in a hype environment to do something else, I'm, I'm a very, <laughs> nerdy little rock star girl i I wake up to radiohead and i i go to sleep to arctic monkeys like that there's no taylor swift she doesn't fit in, in that mix whatsoever and, and my joyful music yeah. just became harry styles because of the new album so anyone who's hating on me for not listening to taylor i listened to country taylor in high school i went to one or two concerts but ever since then i just haven't been on the taylor swift train so walk the plane she has some emo music like no version of all too emo, well listen, talking about every single breakup 10 minute version of all too well and try oh my to God, that's no you want to know why i'm not a swifty fan feelings <laughs> because she makes me feel like i already know i don't have a dating life this is not a shock to anybody <laughs> it's it's just a, it's not a thing i my soul I'm married and like and sitting in the shower crying and singing taylor swift I'm as unwell this girl's out here dating like for generations and i'm over here like oh i went on a date about a year ago like that's probably the other reason <laughs> i can't listen to taylor swift because she makes me feel like i'm doing it all wrong but i don't i'm I don't not i'm not a swifty either casey so at all i like you've been like if you've been to a concert of hers then that's more than me like i don't even know that i was just a thing to, to do like, I, I could probably name like two Taylor Swift songs, Shake It Off being one of them. So um, I, I, I've stayed blissfully ignorant to all that whole world. And like, y'all yes. can come for me if you want to, but like, I, will, I won't, I won't. I'm not, I'm not buying into any of this. Like, I just, I, I don't need that in my life at this point. <laughs> you don't need somebody don't. describing every relationship for, that, that has started and not failed in a bad way. Yeah, no. yeah, but I'm just like, no. I can't participate. She's going to make me break up with my boyfriend because I don't trust men anymore. Like, <laughs> Starts putting things wonderful. in your head. Like, wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. Right. Like, I'm going to start getting real suspicious. About this is a short term <laughs> thing because of these qualities, because according to Taylor. <laughs> right. You were just right. like, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Days 23. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. I don't Honestly, know. I think I think my boyfriend probably listens more to Taylor Swift than I do. So that's fine. That is yeah. hysterical. I am living for this, especially because our producer is still going on. He said that, you know, such a banger for Shake It Off. Men love Taylor Swift. Maybe that's why I'm not dating. I Maybe maybe I'll reevaluate something. Actually, what's funny is that the people who were up in the comments were like all men. And they were like, yes. oh my gosh, Taylor Swift's so amazing. Taylor Swift's yep. fantastic. Swift flaps. I was like, oh my God, this is my worst nightmare. I, I, I don't like how crazy she is. Huh? I think people like how messy she is. Like, yeah, like they're just like calling people out. Like the, for the same reason, like men love like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I That's think it's like crazy. they just love the mess. Like men love drama. They We're love here it. For the drama. Way more than we do. All right. So I don't know if that inspired you to have a walk the plank, Carmen, okay. or just jump on my ship if anyone's going to give you T-Swift hate. I mean, I kind of jumped. I jumped on both yours. Um, the one that I had in mind, the one that I had in mind is so boring compared to you guys. So I don't even know that I want to bring it up. No, it's no, boring. you got to give it out. Yeah, it it was, it's, it's purely it's purely football. It's um, if you were watching the Monday night game uh, against the it was the, the Vikings and Eagles. Ooh. The um, it was the so many like all, apparently referees are now focusing on the ineligible receiver downfield penalties. Referees and are it's like these days. It's offensive linemen that are like climbing to the second and third level of their blocks and they're counting them as downfield. And I'm just like, yes, that's been a rule forever. No one has enforced it. Why do we think that we need to enforce it right now? So that's my, that's my, what those, those ineligible receiver downfield calls on offensive linemen can kick rocks because we all know how much I love offensive linemen and I just want to protect them at all costs and they don't deserve that. You're like the, um, which we call the House of Dragon Girl for the offensive lineman, but you're like House of oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like yeah, I'm House of Trenches. Oh my God, Casey, I love that. Yes, Ooh, we just gave you a new name. Oh, like, 
podcast, Twitter name. And that's sick. Pages, that's fantastic. That yeah. is use yes. that brand. That. If I can, if I can nerd out, if I can, and yeah, and then if I can nerd out on oh Game of Thrones gosh. and House yeah. of the Dragon at the same Next time, time like parallels. Yeah. Next time we have you on, we're gonna we're gonna have a segment called House of Trenches, and we're just gonna go there. Heck yeah! It's happening. But thank you so much for coming on this time. Thank you for giving us an hour of your time talking about everything from Bucks Packers to uh, you know some of your favorite guys that you saw this week to what you eat in Tampa to your <laughs> walk the plank. I really appreciate it. This has been such a fun conversation. Fans, follow Carmen. Her at is at Carmi, C-A-R-M-I-E-V. And she works for Fox Sports covering the NFC North. So there will be a lot of content there. Uh, I am Kaylee Mizell. You can catch me at Kaylee Mizell. Casey is at the sports case, K-A-S-E. And you can find all of our episodes wherever you get your podcast whether that's apple spotify but you know that you want to download the odyssey app that is going to be the best place to get these episodes and of course you can interact and follow us at jolly rogers tds on both twitter and instagram we are updating those we put up polls we're asking questions so be sure to follow us there plus clips of favorite podcasts thank you guys so much for listening we'll catch you next time